0: Good evening and welcome to another show here on Fresh FM of Drive Alive. It's hosted by me, Stephen Tanner. We are the motoring show that likes to discuss topics of transport. Uh, We're also interviewing locals here about their involvement in the transport industry. So we've had truck drivers, we've had cyclists, we've had people from the council, we've had chauffeurs... All sorts of people and we got a very special guest tonight, more of which later. Well, actually, not long later at all. Uh, Just to announce that we are sponsored by MPD Fuels, as I'm sure you know. Thank you to them. Uh, The only place I think you can get 100 octane fuel, which is quite special, really. So, uh, before they ban it, no, I'm sure they won't, uh, go along to any NPD fuel stations scattered around the region and fill up. Anyway, on to our special guest tonight, uh, and I'm sure he's going to be interesting on a number of topics, judging by the pre-chat. So thank you very much for turning up here tonight, Adrian Curtis of Tyres and More. Hi Stephen, how are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Great, except I heard in the pre-run there, there's
1: also a love of wine uh, uh, slot? Did I come to the
0: wrong slot? Well, possibly, possibly, yes. But
1: but I'm we'll talk about cars without the love of wine.
0: Well, we'll talk about yeah. They they, they need to be separate topics oh, on those because I, I yeah. And Helen, the station manager, she'll she'll kill us. Tell us. off. If, sorry, if Helen. Have, if we have any wine in the sorry, studio, sorry, Helen, the station manager. It. I'm apologising that, that I talking that about is wine. It. Well, we can talk about wine. We just can't have it in the studio. Or talk about it on this particular slot. Or talk about it. On this, I'm sure. The, the love of wine will probably get you on <laughs> as well. You could have I might starts.
1: come on I might come on Sunday as well.
0: Yeah. No that's that's a good thing to do. So this guy wants a vineyard clearly. <laughs> uh, but yes now you own tires uh and more. That's correct. And there you're based in was it Vincent or Vanguard? Uh, Thirty
1: six Saint Vincent Street.
0: Thirty six Saint Vincent Street. So how and you're the you're the owner of that business, I aren't am. You? And how long have you had that business for?
1: It's it'll be ten years next year, so a nine and three quarters or something like that. Okay. Yeah. So a
0: while. So you basically sell and service tires all sorts of tyres uh, and
1: more? Tyres is really only 30% of our business so oh, right. 70% is really servicing.
0: So it's on the more, the servicing uh, Yeah,
1: we. I think we're at the point where we, uh, we're we really more on tyres and we probably need to change your name. Change
0: your name more more with some tyres as yeah. well yeah. Okay, because um, that's quite a competitive industry to be in isn't um, it? Yes and no I think it's all about quality and
1: service and doing things properly and um, we continually grow every year, we've now got Ten staff and a few contractors, so oh, okay. we started with two. Um, Would it depends how you do things? We're okay. in a good market. I think we deliver a quality service and people respect that.
0: Yeah, no, oh, that's cool, and uh, and that's just based in Nelson at the moment.
1: Uh, we have clients right across the country and the various divisions that we do, but the vast majority of our business is from Nelson and some from Marlborough.
0: Okay, okay, so all makes of tires or just a chosen few? Um, we, we've actually done a huge amount of
1: testing on tyres and we really only have a few brands that we use now that we can trust. Yeah, we can sell any tyre that you want uh-huh. but certainly there's certain tyres that are more suited to Nelson conditions. So right. we've spent around $100,000 buying tyres ourselves and testing them. Whoa. We've done 5 million kilometres of tyre testing on career vans because uh, we were servicing a fleet of 10 it makes it very easy to chuck a new set of tyres on and see how they go. Whoa. Along with all the things that... C- you know you need to use to service a Toyota Highs, a lot of experience with those and of course with our racing and other things that we do we know what works on a racetrack as well.
0: Oh now I want to tap in on some things here then. So this thing about special conditions around Nelson then what what's what's, what's special about the Nelson? Um, about the well if you drive. compare it
1: to somewhere like Invercargill for example I don't know if you're familiar with Invercargill but they haven't no, invented corners that. there yet. Oh dear, so as a that's result, very depressing. Yeah it is very depressing so uh, somewhere like Invercargo, or perhaps, um, well, there's some good examples, I suppose, from big companies. Fonterra, for example, they would use some of our tyres and they would average around 100,000 Ks on some of their work vehicles around that Auckland, Hamilton area, very, very hard to get any car in Nelson that's going to do 100,000 k's on a passenger tyre. So the same tyre that they use in those rep runs, for example, in that Auckland region, motorway running and so on, would get 40% less in the Nelson environment. That's because we have so many corners.
0: Okay, I didn't so think of that. I didn't think of
1: that. The road conditions are different. Our, our chip is different. I mean, you go up past Waikanae, for example, when you're in the North Island, and they have silent roads because they've got silent tar seal. Very, very fine chip. Doesn't wear out tyres.
0: Silent tar seal?
1: Yeah, so they've got sections of it to appease uh, the residents of a new motorway area. We don't have silent tar seal in Nelson, you may have noticed.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> so uh, the wear factors on our roads are significantly greater no matter where you leave Nelson, you're going to go across a twisty hill. Yep. When you leave Auckland, not really a lot of twisty no. hills. So <laughs> no. our road conditions are so different that the wear rates are significantly increased. Uh, ah. Takaka Hill, for example, where we were doing all our career van testing in the early days, very, very hard on tyres. So if you live in Takaka, you need really a special sort of tyre that's going to suit that hill and the conditions that are on that hill. Same as the Wunga So yeah. We're a little bit different, and that's why it pays to test in this region as we have to know what works. Oh,
0: okay. And Tucker Hill, you can be driving in the valley and it's sunny and you get up on the top and it's almost sleeting kind of thing. It, yeah, it it's one of those
1: hills where you've got gravel, you've got, um, uh, you could have frost grit, for example. Oh, you've yeah. often got water running down the road. You've got um, tarsial which is broken. You've got coarse chip. You've got fine chip. Even on a fine day, you've often got water on the road. So. Yep. It's uh, four seasons in one day. As a result, you really, really need quite a good tyre that will last. But on that hill, if you choose the right tyre, speaking of just Toyota Hyacinth, for example, you would get 62,000 kilometres uh, on that hill. The worst tyre, you'll get 20,000 kilometres on that hill. Well, It's quite a significant difference. And the most expensive tyre, when you look at the running costs, per kilometre is about 40% cheaper than the cheapest one.
0: Ah. But that's
1: a case of just doing like testing and getting that data into our system as we have.
0: So this is the case where some of us who might go, Well tire's a tire, it's round, it goes round, you just buy the cheapest you can or whatever, this is where that doesn't add up.
1: Well it. it doesn't add up in a number of areas. Um, I went to a t- test in Thailand uh with Michelin and three other brands that I'm not going to name but you would know the brands, the oh, okay. well known brands. And it was really interesting we tested uh tyres breaking from eighty kilometers an hour. To zero, when one of the household name brands was still doing forty-eight kilometers an hour, the Michelin tire was stopped. Whoa! It took thirteen meters longer for that name brand that you and I both know really, really well. Oh, okay. Another thirteen meters to stop. It's quite a significant difference. In addition to that, the tire that stopped the fastest, the Michelin tire, was also the longest-lasting of the four we tested. All right. So, so it's, it's a very well. complex area. But certainly, you get what you pay for right. if if you've done the testing. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, there's certainly some expensive brands you can buy that don't achieve those sort of right. uh, results.
0: Okay, so this is the same car, same conditions. I mean, that's a huge distance in stopping power. Same. Yeah, brakes.
1: well, it, it really is crazy. Um, rolling resistance is a is a significant thing as well. So this was very unusual in that. When we uh, rolled it down a road, with a person in it, to be fair, um, <laughs> it, it, one got to 21 kilometres an hour, one got to 23 kilometres an hour, just with rolling resistance. That same tyre was the longest lasting and the quickest stopping. Oh, yeah, yeah, so yeah. also the quietest. Now, I know that seems impossible, but some companies are spending a huge amount more on R&D than others, All research right. and development. Yep, yeah, um, And it shows. Uh, I mean, one of the best things... Um, I ever saw and probably what got me into the Michelin brand eight years ago was a thing called the Michelin Pothole Test, which you can look up on the internet. That's Michelin Pothole Test. Basically, they get a tyre with a two-ton car and they drive it through a big hole to replicate hitting a pothole. Uh, They drive it over something that replicates a curb. That tyre deflects to within 10 millimeters of the rim but doesn't explode. And the reason that was really interesting to me at the time is we were having so many vehicles that were hitting curbs and the tyre was ruined. Since we've moved into this process, uh, particularly with high performance tyres like our cars, like BMWs, Mercedes, and so on, they combine that with a very high tensile or a very brittle rim. Right. So, that time we were seeing a lot of brittle rims, so rims were cracking through impacts. Oh, like the whole wheel's well, gone as well. The whole wheel's gone, as well as damaging the tyre. That's pretty much gone. Oh, we don't really yeah. have that happen anymore.
0: Yeah, and I mean, because certainly when. Um, when the Kaikoura Coast Road was closed, there was a lot more traffic going down the Lewis Pass and everything and that road was breaking up quite badly in places sometimes, all those trucks and stuff going over.
1: we've got an incredible story for that. One of our career drivers, John Crabtree local guy, um, he had a Mercedes and he was driving to Christchurch and he hit a rock that was so big on that road that the rock (laughs) this is incredible, the rock broke the inside of the rim. So the rock impacted the tyre so greatly that it put a hole between both edges of the rim, Jeepers. right in the centre of it. it destroyed the rim totally, Now it's a big impact
0: that is.
1: and surprisingly enough it didn't break the tyre.
0: What? Yeah. How the heck did that not happen? Again, a
1: Michelin tyre built to a different standard. Wow. That, that tread is very, very strong, so that sort of gives you an idea of the different level okay. they're at in comparison to the other brands
0: Okay, so I mean, in yeah, because tyres is about stopping distance and potentially saving your life or saving out a nasty accident in terms of going into the back of someone when you're braking and road holding and everything else. So it's important. Yeah. It's probably worth something like, you know, like a bed. You're going to sleep in a bed for 10 years. You probably want to spend some money on it. With your tyres, it's probably something you don't want to skimp on. Then, kind
1: of. Well, I think it. It's it's a bit of a complex thing. Um, If a person's, if you can afford it, that's great. Uh Spend the money. Obviously, not everyone can can afford that. So I think you look at the car. You look at the use that you're having out of that car. Probably some of the cars that just drive around town. I have a client, for example, that drives from Washington Valley to Stoke. That's the only distance he travels. He doesn't get to more than 50 kilometres an hour. So he can afford to buy a a lesser tyre, but just increase your following distances. You've just got to be about 40% further back from the car in front of you with a lesser quality tyre. It's just the way the numbers work. And if you keep that safety bubble around you, then you'll be safe with a lesser tyre. But don't buy the cheapest tyre you can get. They're effectively made of plastic. They just will not have the grip. They will be noisy and they will deteriorate very, very rapidly. Spend just a little bit more, you know, yeah, maybe twenty-five percent more. more than the oh, cheapest okay. tire you can buy, oh, okay. and you're in a better category. You know, deal with a reliable person that's actually done some testing. There's a lot of falsehoods out there with the things that people are being told, and I find it frustrating uh, <laughs> that, uh, yeah, it uh, okay.
0: <laughs> very, very frustrating when you've done all that testing, particularly with your courier drivers, and stuff, yeah. who I imagine would drive their vehicles quite hard and go up a few kerbs and, sorry, courier drivers, not that I'm saying you're, you know, you just yeah, have to the do career, stuff. Yeah, I think the
1: courier, they're professional drivers. Yeah. I mean, they are generally driving quicker, but yeah. there's some really interesting data within the stuff that we found out when we were doing our testing. There was a new tyre that came out from a brand called Hankook that claimed to have 17% longer life with a new tyre. We put it on two different vans. Really interesting trial. One had a young man driving it. One had a more mature lady driver. Mm -hmm. So the lady driver got about 23% further distance because she didn't change her speed. The younger driver, because he had more traction and the new tyre drove faster and he got 20% less. (laughs) So it's not as simple as just looking Mm. at the tyre and going okay. hey the tyre will do this or the tyre it's very driver dependent Driving the single style is biggest that, yeah. Yeah, the single biggest determination of how long a tyre will last is nothing ahead, there's nothing ahead of the way the person drives ah. the way the person drives I know an example of Michelin's lasting 8000 k's on one car
0: Sorry, 8,000, 8, 8, just 8,000.
1: 8,000 8, Ks and eighty-four. no more than that actually, 84,000 Ks is one we had from Christchurch. But we've just had a man, Well, this is amazing, drives from Mapua to Nelson. He's already got over 100,000 kilometres out of the tyres. These are car tyres. He must be the gentlest driver in the world.
0: Uh, he I, probably doesn't pay much at MPD fuel. Either, <laughs> I think I he doesn't.
1: Around. I reckon he might end up at one hundred and forty or 150,000 k's. That's Whoa. unusual. I would not expect anybody to achieve that. And it's that's like a record for a car tyre. going
0: down the road. Well, thing, I don't think.
1: know, maybe it just floats on air. Maybe but it doesn't touch the road. Or
0: something. Yeah, that's, that's not incredible.
1: normal. No. That's absolutely not normal.
0: And talking of not touching the road with tyres and stuff, because I always remember the adverts you see with um, the amount of contact a tyre has on the that's road. It's crazy, isn't it? Uh, yeah, the handprint. The handprint is like that, and that's that's a brand new tyre, da-da-da, handprint level. That's what's keeping you safe. Yep. But if you have worn tyres or don't have the pressures correct, that can change it, it, It'll quite be more dramatically. like a couple of
1: digits. A couple of digits. And speed certainly makes a difference.
0: Yeah. So, what so one of the,
1: of the cool things um, that made Michelin perform so well in Thailand is they've got a philosophy of not sending as many tyres to landfill. They okay. want to sell 450,000 less tyres per year.
0: That's quite so something they, from a company that's it's in a business?
1: Crazy. So at two millimetres from ADKs, two millimetres of tread versus eight on a new tyre, right. a Michelin tyre in that rain test that we did stopped 600 millimetres slower. Okay. 600 millimetres, nothing. Six, yeah. In comparison to other brands that were 10 Fifteen metres longer, so uh-huh. they've somehow managed to make a compound that works at two millimetres, as well as as eight. close to eight. Whoa. It's a new bit of technology because they don't want everybody putting their tyres in the landfill. Yeah, they want to sell more tyres, sorry, less tyres, but to more people.
0: Right,
1: so it's a clever trick. Yeah, um, but also great for the environment.
0: That is good for the environment. That is good for the environment. So what about the whole tyre pressures thing then? How important is keeping your tyre pressures good?
1: Yeah, it is is really important. Um, There's a couple of interesting things with regards to that. Uh, There is a fad that's been going around for a number of years to put nitrogen in your tyres.
0: Oh, Uh, The theory is the
1: particle size is bigger, the tyres will go down less and so on and so on, which technically is really, really good, but we're currently breathing close to eighty percent nitrogen. So it's a twenty percent benefit. In addition <laughs> no. to the twenty percent benefit, if the um, the nitrogen machine they use, which is really just sucking the nitrogen out of the air and putting a new tire, if it's not very really efficient, really you're only getting a ten percent benefit. Okay. The problem with that theory of course is people go, So I don't need to check my tire pressures, I've got
0: nitrogen. Is that right? No, it's just really not
1: right. So so what happens is uh, their left front tyre, for example, will wear out 30% faster than all of the other tyres on the car. Now, if you're not checking that, if you're not going to your local tyre dealer, whoever that might be, every three months or about 5,000 k's and getting that checked, I can guarantee your left front tyre will wear out before all the others. And
0: okay, I'm going to be really dumb, why does your left front tyre wear up before When was the line?
1: last time you did a U-turn to the left? Good point. You only do a U-turn to the right. Good point. If you're going to hit a kerb, are you ever going to hit the right front, or no, are going to no. hit the
0: left? Good point.
1: If you're on a country road, what are the things you're likely to hit with your left front tyre yeah, versus your cr- right? Uh, when you way. go around a roundabout, very rarely you could go to the left 270 degrees.
0: You could certainly go to the right for 270 degrees,
1: or in fact go all the way around and go back the same way. So that's
0: taking the weight of the car a lot more. So as the
1: weight transfers, it puts a lot more loading on the left front, therefore it wears out. Just walk around uh, any supermarket or anywhere there's a lot of cars parked. Look at the left front tyre.
0: I shall do that now. I shall do that now. I shall go looking at left front tyres.
1: Really important. So there's a number of factors, and that's one of the most common things that, again, is frustrating. People say, oh, you need a wheel on it. Because your left front tires worn out. No, you need a rotation.
0: Yes, <laughs> so that was I was going. Is rotating okay for most cars where the tires are the same size? Is rotating okay? It's so always
1: okay. It's always okay. Yeah, you just it's something you need to do. But there's so much other data you can get from tires, and there's heaps of stuff on the internet you can see about this. Yeah. Look for black marks. Look for uneven wear patterns. One of the best things you can do to check your tires is when you park it every month or so turn the steering on full lock and get out. Because right. what people don't see is the inner edge wear. You will only see that by turning the tyre on oh full yeah, lock. That will show you the front tyres. And you can pretty much pick up. If it's not grey right across the tyre, if it's got black marks on it,
0: Okay, uh,
1: canvas poking out of it, generally not a good thing.
0: <laughs> well, that metal do it, stuff, I thought that was part of no, it. Right. Yeah. So on the back tyres,
1: there's something else you can do, which is a really, really simple trick. Particularly if you're a young girl, because they're very good at this, get your phone on selfie mode Oh yeah! You take a video by just sliding it across the surface of the tyre so you don't have to get under the tyre to look at it and that will show you the tyre right through pull your phone back have a look at the video oh. and you'll see the tread condition from the outside of the inside without getting on the ground really the, simple mate.
0: fantastic tips Adrian is giving us on the Driver Live show here see, we've got this This is con- good consumer advice here to find out okay then so I need my selfie I need to look in the left Inside tyre and car parks and stuff. So, pressure, but pressure, does that make a big difference? It in does. The pressure? It does, mate. Right?
1: Certainly does. You know, if, a rule of thumb, if there was such a thing for all cars, which there is not, okay. pretty much you need to be within 30 or 40 pounds on a tyre. So, that's around about a some people use a thing called bar, which is atmospheric pressure, 2 oh, yeah. bar. So sometimes you'll see 2.0. 2. 0. 2. 0, yeah, yeah. Generally, you'll find that information for your car inside the fuel filler cap okay. or inside the driver's door.
0: Oh, They'll yeah, have recommendations the George, yeah, for tyre pressures. Yeah, okay.
1: And that's a good place to start. <laughs> it's not quite <laughs> as simple as that. But if you just went by the manufacturer's recommendations, that'll yeah. certainly stand you in good stead. Okay. It's a little bit more time, but let's just say go with the go, manufacturers, go with okay? and that's good.
0: And how often should you be doing that check?
1: Ideally, you should do it once a month. Once a month? But realistically, people aren't going to do that, are they? No. Go to your tire dealer. Get them to check them every three months. Yeah, get
0: them to do the hard work. Yeah, get stuff. them to do it. You've bought and the tire rotate tire. while they're there, possibly.
1: And rotate, should you need to. Your tire dealer can tell you what to do there.
0: Yeah, okay. So, so And presumably, if you're going on a big Christmas journey or something. Yeah, but do trip, it
1: the week before. Oh yes, of course. Don't go on the Friday when you're about to leave, please, please, no. This sounds like because thirty other people will be there. Don't do <laughs> that, no. Who's do had, it the week before, please. Who's had that pain? Oh, much worse. That's that's the that's the best of the people. We have many people who who can't sort of the the worst thing we have to do, my struggle as a tie dealer, is when someone comes from Christchurch and they've driven all the way from Christchurch and it's too late. Unleashed. You know, you bring you bring up, for example, a Porsche or. Ferrari or something that has a little bit of old tyre size, you're going to be staying in Nelson. (laughs) So again, (laughs) go to your tyre dealer locally before you do the trip. Before you do the trip. See your guy. We've got freight issues at the moment. You know, we can't necessarily pull out the special tyre for you immediately. We need to see you a week before. Generally, most tyre dealers in Nelson will get something overnight, but you can't always. So please get your pre-check done early. Because okay. when you get to Christchurch and you talk to the tyre dealer in Christchurch and you say, hey, I've come down in my Porsche Macan, it's got 275, 35, 21s. He might not even have one in stock.
0: Are they rare? Two, seven, five. I don't know. What well, they're,
1: yeah, they're acoustic tyres. I've got foam inside to make the tyre quiet, that sort of stuff. There oh, may no, be none to. in New Zealand. So, you well, know, basically get on with that work early. It's the best advice I can
0: give you. Okay. So to, try, so to sort of try and come on the side of the motor, because a lot of cars now don't come with spares. That's true. They don't come with spares. They and you either have these like filler things that will sort yep. of get you, so or that's they have correct. run flats which will yes. go so far and then they collapse. Yep. Sort of thing. So that's and in New Zealand, you're halfway down the Lewis Pass, and the nearest garage or civilization is like two hours walk. Let alone a petrol. I am. Um,
1: I'll, I'll give you something that you think is quite controversial. Go um on. I don't believe in run flats myself. Uh, they give you a horrible ride yes, if you I've read on that. the internet. I've heard that. Type in your car if it's got run flats in the internet yeah. and ask the world about what they think about yeah. run flats.
0: Most owners There's some them,
1: significant other problems with them uh, and that is we talked about uh, modern cars having high tensile. High tensile equals brittle. All oh, right. Yeah, yeah, okay. Medium tensile equals flexibility. When you were driving in your Ford Falcon 50 years ago and you ran over a rock, the rim just bent because it was made of steel steel ah. is malleable, it bends today when you drive, well you don't have a Ford Falcon do you? No. Today when you're driving down to Christchurch and whatever car you've got, chances are it's got quite big wheels, they're made of aluminium or an aluminium blend we'll right. call it aluminium when that hits a rock very very easy for that to explode the stiffer the tyre is, the more likely the rim is to explode because it forces the, the pressure from the rock through the tyre directly into the rim and therefore can crack it Now, a run-flat tyre has a sidewall two times thicker than a normal tyre. It's very, very rigid. It ruins the ride comfort. The noise is horrible, and it's just as likely to get a flat as any other tyre. The safety is, in theory, that if you don't have a big impact, you can drive that for 80 kilometres or so at about 80 kilometres an hour.
0: Yeah, it didn't work for me. That's my problem,
1: (laughs) is that generally it does not work. So... What you're better probably to do, one of the best things I've seen is, I think it's called, I don't know, AA Gold or something. There's a special AA membership that will take your car, if you're in Invercargill, all the way back to Nelson to have it repaired. They'll give you a rental car, all that sort of stuff. Take some of those things. Farmers always used to use, you may have seen them, a puncher repair that is basically a pull-through. It's a wax piece of rope.
0: You push that into
1: your tyre, you pull it out, and that will fix the vast majority of punches you are likely to get in a normal tyre. Yes, have a compressor. Yes, have some of the other stuff. But that would get you through 80% of the disasters you are likely to have. Buy a quality tyre. The Michelin that we talked about on the way to Christchurch. It's not going to fix you in that situation, of course. But how often has that ever happened? (laughs) I don't know how many tyres we've sold, but it's the first time I've ever heard of
0: that bigger.
1: Yeah, that's not
0: So why? So why are manufacturers producing cars with run-flat tyres than just to save on a spare BMW. Packaging. In particular. Packaging. Packaging.
1: So basically, if you don't have to have a spare, you can make the car a little bit lighter, you can package the boot so there's more space. It's a simpler process. Not what what I want to do. I certainly run all of the run-flat suited cars that I've owned without a run-flat tyre. Swap them out. I just don't do it. Don't do it. Hey, I'm not saying every customer should do that. That's what I tell people. If they feel they need the confidence of a run-flat tire, just buy one. It's generally going to cost you about $800 more for a set of run-flats.
0: <laughs> yeah, okay. And you get a worse experience because of it. And
1: it's no comparison uh, in the driver experience with a run-flat.
0: Okay. It's not pleasant. Okay. It's, so just,
1: it's just like riding on a... Uh, we talked about mattresses before, didn't we? We did It's like, it's like riding without a mattress. <laughs> Get yourself a normal tyre, have a mattress on your bed, rather than sleeping on rocks.
0: Okay, so I've swapped my run flats for a new set of tyres, but now I haven't got a spare. You haven't. I haven't got a spare. So no I,
1: spare. It's not terrifying,
0: normal. isn't it? it? That is quite... For some
1: people it is. Yeah. For some people it isn't. Okay. At the end of the day, if, if you want to see whether you need one or not, look up the Michelin pothole test, <laughs> okay. and that will give you an idea of the impact that you can take without damaging a tyre or a rim. It's All quite right. significant.
0: Okay. Okay. That's but if you really feel comfortable internet. buying run flats, just buy them. Just buy them. <laughs> or not. Or not, maybe. Yeah. All right. So now that was going way, way back, you mentioned something about racing. Yes. And, and race testing tyres.
1: Yeah, so we've done a lot of tests on that. So we have had a bit of a history of racing. I think I started racing go-karts when I was young. Did that for a while. Uh, family and uh, business took over when I was travelling around. <coughs> uh, and many years have passed. We've had a few national championship wins that we've been involved in. National taught my son to race. He retired, <laughs> I think, me. with three championships at 19, something like that.
0: So, uh, so hang on, he retired at 19?
1: Yeah, decided there wasn't him anymore. Decided mm-hmm. to buy houses, I think, from memory.
0: With three championships. What what championships were they, these? saloon car racing? or? Uh, he was
1: good? the New Zealand Junior Club Sport Champion. So it's a combination of stunt driving, uh, hill climbing, and autocrosses. So a mixture of oh, very slow fun. speed, generally first gear, sliding around cones, doing handbrake slides, reverse tunes, the so things you'd see in movies. Right. People are sliding around. Cool. Then autocross, which is a little bit faster, probably up to 130 kilometres an hour.
0: So autocross and is where they go tarmac and then rough and then tarmac? That's rallycross. Oh, that's rallycross. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to watch, watch um,
1: but similar. It's It's very much sliding around cones. It's about accuracy precision Ah. and then the hill climb which is the all-out going up the hill as fast as you can sometimes 200 kilometers an hour what yeah 200 kilometers an hour on a new zealand road it's it's this is
0: not a straight hill this is a curvy hill
1: no lots of curvy bits oh my goodness and a lot of sometimes airborne stuff and it's pretty cool
0: right that sounds like some serious tire testing
1: Yeah, so we did that. Now, since then, that was our racing back in those days. I'm going to get back into some of that stuff now, but we've done quite a bit at Rapuna. So I've got a pretty good idea. I've driven... I had a good year one year, and um, Michelin very nicely gave me a new Ford Ranger ute, so I had to go down to Christchurch and test it.
0: So hang on, you're taking a Ford Ranger ute round a racetrack? Yeah, yeah, it was
1: quite interesting. Does Um, it know
0: what to do in a corner?
1: It's... uh, it's an entertaining process, driving a Ford Ranger at um, Ruperna, I'd have to say. Uh,
0: yeah, that would test some tyres. Jeeps.
1: Um, yeah, it was really, really good. So uh, we we just it was a standard Ranger. We put, again, Michelin SUV tyres on it, and we were, let me just get this right, five and a half seconds off the lap record for the Sanyong race suits that run slick tyres <laughs> and all <laughs> sorts of fancy stuff. So
0: pretty adapt. good. That yeah. sounds like some good controlled driving, though, to get that sort of speed on normal tyres. I, I don't.
1: I've, I've, my philosophy normally is: if you want to do well at racing, don't drive fast. I know that sounds stupid, but it's about precision. It's about S- just hitting the apex, being on, not making some. mistakes, being smooth. This was about as aggressive as I could have ever been in in, in, a, in a vehicle. It's quite hard to drive a Ranger with uh, normal suspension well. I did pass a few cars, which was much of a surprise to them. (laughs) All right, uh,
0: it wasn't just you on the track then.
1: No, and we actually videoed it uh, because the guys laughed at me and said that, uh, what did the guys say to me? He said something like, (laughs) <laughs> You'll never pass me. No, I'll pass you in third gear. That's what he said to me. So we passed those two guys in the first lap of a 10-lap event. It was is pretty this good. On,
0: Is this on YouTube?
1: Uh, yeah, we've got videos of that. Yeah, I've got we'll an in-car camera. Have, we'll have to
0: look that up. Yeah. R- R- Rapuna Racetrack, it was, uh, Ford Ranger. Interesting. Overtaking some racing cars.
1: It was good. It was great. <laughs> it's all part of the learning. I mean, I, I think with all of this stuff, um, we, we've learned a lot how to make Ford Rangers handle Um, But unless you're actually going to go and test them, how would you know?
0: No. Well, they clearly do know what to do in a corner now. Well, they do under your tutelage anyway. Yeah,
1: there's a couple of things. If you do own a Ford Ranger, a couple of things you can do is the spring rate is too high in the rear when you get them so it tends to lift a wheel and spin in the back so you can take a leaf out of the back change the suspension and the car will sit on the ground and the traction control light won't come on all the time Uh, but equally if you're a a real man and you've got your Ford Ranger and you want to put a ton in the back that's slightly different you need to increase the spring rate
0: uh, so
1: Ford have to make somewhere in the middle of the road. They've got to try and make something that suits all people but it doesn't quite work like that. So a number of things that we learn through having a Ford Ranger that you can do to make it work more efficiently. The benefit of it not spinning like that is it means, for example, in the rain you can maintain a more consistent speed. You're going to get more fuel economy, you're yeah. going to use less tyres, it's going to be more pleasant for your passengers. So there's a lot of little tricks you learn by doing this testing at the track we can tell you how much faster a certain tyre will be than another tyre from the other testing that we've done.
0: Oh, it's really okay. quite interesting. And you're going to make some car drivers gnash their teeth I, by the end of it.
1: its I, I can say it's been a very interesting experience and I've have made a lot of friends at the track.
0: I suspect you've made some enemies as well, but anyway.
1: It is, there are some very funny stories. I, I suppose my most interesting car that I drove at the track was a... They called it the NanoCar car, actually. Um,
0: this isn't the Mazda Demio or something, is it?
1: I've actually won a race. And it's actually, in the newspapers, <laughs> I won a race. And wh- what was it? A Toyota Esteemer. I think I won. The
0: people th- carrier.
1: Yeah. If, I think if you type in the what was it? It was something like family van wins the day. And there's a photo of this Estima sliding sideways, <laughs> mud flying off everywhere. And I think <laughs> I may have won three of the autocross series. You may? Something like that. It was, it, it was, I won a few, few races didn't it. I think it took a local rally car driver who will know who he is. Oh, he won't be listening. <laughs> but he has a BMW right, M3. We have this
0: show on podcast. We can pass it on to him later.
1: So a friend of mine has a BMW M3, which is a proper rally car. That's a proper rally it car. It took, took him about five races to, to beat me. It was really quite funny. Um, <laughs> lovely man, by the way. I wouldn't try and compete with him in his rally car. He's a very talented driver. Ah, but okay. just not at this event
0: that ah, I Okay, have okay okay, okay. To. Okay. A Toyota estimate. Oh, so,
1: right. But coming back to Ruapuna, I forgot to tell you, didn't I? Uh, an example of how you can drive a car okay that's normal by being smooth is if you type in uh, Ruapuna as in the racetrack, yep. and X3, um, there's a picture of uh, my my nana car, as they call it, uh-huh. passing another car, and just being smooth and tidy and just basically pulling away from him in the rain. Mm. Um, that car was running uh, one forty one lap time at Ruapuna. So uh, it was the fastest normally of the fast cars of the normal people that go to the track, but it was an SUV diesel. <laughs> so um, oh. it's I've got many videos of it passing some really interesting cars, Porsches, uh, Dodge Hellcats, uh, A45 Mercedeses, the sort of supercar things.
0: You're not but going to help their advertising really passing <laughs> it in an SUV diesel
1: there. I think the thing is it's just about being smooth. So uh, don't brake late. It's one, of the, it's one of the things oh, that everybody says. Right, okay. Be the last of the late breakers, great, and crash and die. That's a really good idea. <laughs> don't break late. Don't break late. Don't break late. Break early. Break smooth. Get on the power early. That's right. where you pass people.
0: Right.
1: Don't follow right up behind them in the corners. Back off a bit. Allow Just yourself to space. get greater corner speed and pass them
0: when you come oh, out. Oh, okay.
1: It's uh, little uh, tidy, little tiny things like that that make you capable but safe.
0: So it sounds like you, you could have done this professionally.
1: I, yeah, I've I've done okay. I, I done think, okay. Um, and i have not finished. I've decided I want to, I want to com- if I can, I want to compete at Leadfoot, which has got international drivers.
0: Oh yeah, tell um, us about Leadfoot.
1: So Leadfoot has 150 drivers that come from all over the world. It's the current premier hill climb series. hasn't been on I think for two years now. Um, the winner of that four times has been a guy called Alistair McCrae, Colin McRae's brother,
0: well, rally champion.
1: Him. Yeah, he's, he's a very good peddler. That guy can really drive well. I've been lucky enough to drive with him on a, in a co driving seat in a, in a hill climb we had. Um, it's, he's an 800 horsepower, 900 kilo car. That's the sort of things I want to compete against. I've, um, I've done okay at hill climbing nationally, um, and uh, I don't think the competition was perhaps as good as it could have been. So I'd like oh, to go okay. against an international field rather than oh. a national field and just see what happens.
0: Okay. So what so how much of it is in well obviously there's a huge amount on the driver but are you driving similar cars are you do you do you have to prepare your own cars? <laughs> what no no way we're driving no, similar I, cars. No I I I haven't because... had the best
1: cars to be fair. I've I've had them in recent times. I've had some very nice cars recently but nothing incredibly fast. But um to give you an idea it, it's all about prep- preparation and the way your mind works. Um you're almost willing the car to go in the corner. So I think it was the um, Taranaki Hill Climb, was it? In 2006, uh, the first run that we had to do was the was the hill climb event. There was, I don't know, about 40 plus competitors there. And my race car back in those days was a 130 horsepower, 1600cc Honda CRX. I didn't have the money for the flashes tyres. It doesn't sound like
0: said, an all-conquering vehicle, that one. Well, as it turns out, it did
1: it right. Oh, so, okay. so my brother at the time had a 600 horsepower 1200 kilo four wheel drive Mitsubishi special race car that had been at the front of Targa That and sounds more like it. Joe McAndrew who just won Targa was in a 500 horsepower RX7 so capable drivers good cars, that sort of thing and it was actually, I think it was his local hill climb actually. Anyway it rained in the first run and um, I had been lucky enough to find a video on the internet of this particular hill climb. So I just studied the track and I, I didn't have a simulator or anything so I grabbed, a, I grabbed a plate from the kitchen and used that as a steering wheel as I'm watching the TV, <laughs> sitting in a chair to try and approximate where my steering right. wheel angle would be, oh, okay. visualise the apexes, uh, pick say trees on the hill or tell me oh, when yeah, I had to turn markers, and hit the apex, yeah, yeah. so I made markers up and... In my first run, I was lucky enough to go two seconds faster than anyone else in the country. My brother was two seconds behind me. I think Joe McAndrew was another second or two behind that.
0: Doesn't sound like luck.
1: Uh, it's, It's thinking. It's thinking and... While it sounds a little bit weird, sort of being in like a meditative state when you're driving, don't right. get, don't have lots of adrenaline running through your body. Try and be as calm as you can. Just oh, relax, okay. breathe. Uh, always breathe. It's really <laughs> important to do that. I, I think um, otherwise you get what's called arm pump. You're, you're gripping on the steering wheel. Don't do that.
0: Right.
1: Um, and the sort of cars that were like mine, were about eight or nine seconds behind. Um, so it was pretty cool to do that on a 69 second run when people that had cars like mine were was. You know, a, lot, a
0: yeah. lot further back. And remind us, what car was this again? This was this a... This
1: was a 1989 Honda CRX. A little... A car that you'd see around town. That's, that's two-wheel
0: drive as well, isn't it?
1: Yeah, not four-wheel drive. Two-wheel drive. Yeah. So in the rain, I was a bit lucky, um, I suppose. Um Jeez. But it's the way you think. Okay. You're not there to beat anybody at a race. What you're there to do is be the best You can be. That's the only person you've got to beat. So sometimes when I've won events, it's not really been very good because there's been no competition. Equally, sometimes when I've come second or third or fourth or maybe fifth, um, it's been the best race I've ever done because I've, like, in the esteem of Anne, winning any event was amazing. I mean, coming third or fourth and that's pretty cool because you've really, really, really got to drive the car. It's mm. not the car doing it for you. It's not like driving a supercar. Supercars are so easy to drive. Yeah. They're boring. Yeah, yeah. They really are. You get your hands on one of the older vehicles.
0: Wow, that's that's a challenge. You've got to make it work. You've got to. So, so what are you planning to go to Leadfoot in? Uh, when it's on next? Uh, something that'll get
1: me on the podium with a bit of luck. Um, I want to be in the top ten out of 150 guys. Uh, I've got a couple of options um, that I need to think about. It's a very difficult event to plan for. It's an incredibly technical, right. very very difficult hill. Against some of the best cars in the world, so I have some plans for it.
0: Okay, you want to keep your powder dry. Uh, know, we, right.
1: we will just see what happens. Okay, I've got a. You've got to put a very particular package together. You've got to get some good supporters who are going to vouch for you to allow you to get entry okay. into the event. It's a little bit tricky.
0: Well, sounds like sounds like with your history, I think you you should be in there. I'm hopeful. Well, I think you should... Because I presume... Yeah, okay. And even, even like, the, how you start... Presumably it's not a flying start, is it? It's a no, standing it's, there's start. No, a, there's a whole process. It's really quite amazing. You, you could lose seconds by just... Mm,
1: even the angle of your wheels. I, I was lucky enough to win a couple of events um, in the Open class in my 1600. And there was a specific thing I remember about... This is the Pictum Hill Climb trophy. Um, it's actually run in Sedan, strangely enough. But anyway... Um, <laughs> the road had an angle on it so when you line the car up you don't line it up straight between the cones where you're going to start you put it on a 30 degree angle because otherwise mm. if you try and drive a two front wheel drive car up on the angle it's just going to spin it's one tire and fight it and fall down the angle of the road mm. so go around the road around the angle so you're getting good drive coming off the line and uh, you get away to a much better start
0: okay and, and on load foot how many goes do you get at it?
1: you get a couple of days so you do testing uh, well, testing, and then the second day you go to the runoffs, which is the exciting bit
0: right and that's time who gets that sort of a benchmark time in the first yeah. fastest 30 or whatever it so is what so these through.
1: hill climb races a lot of the events now um, are run on what's called a shootout so generally you get at least 32 people that go to the shootout those 32 normally get whittled down to 16.8 for oh, right, 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 and okay, then the yeah, final and yeah. Uh, that's a mental challenge
0: yeah you have to if
1: you try and think you're going to drive faster than you've ever driven before in the final you're likely to make a stuff up (laughs) the key really is just being calm and trying to refine what you've already achieved take an in-car camera go back and look at the m-car camera where was i fast where was i slow if you've got the resources try and have some people looking on corners to see where you were good where you were bad Accept some criticism if there's any due, and get on with
0: it. <laughs> so um, it's as much a head game as a.
1: Uh, it's pretty much all a head, head game.
0: Pretty much all a head game. Really I mean,
1: easy. the thing that people have got to remember is in any of these sports, when you start, you must forget everything that's before. You can't. You can't go back and train more. No. You can't go back and change your tyres. No. If you're a runner, you can't go back and change your shoes. You're on the start line. Forget all of the preparation there's no point. All you've got to do is get in your head space. Okay, get in that relaxing head space. Meditate. Do whatever it is that you do in your head to be as calm as you possibly can and don't make any mistakes. <laughs> mistakes are bad.
0: <laughs> very bad. See, that's good advice for any sporting activity or, or some others as well. And I've been
1: involved in a bit of um, sports training for various athletes and um, all the sports are really the same. It's all yeah. about your head.
0: Okay. And, and that and to not make any mistakes, how many minutes is that hill climb then? Or is it down to <laughs> seconds?
1: It's much harder than that. Oh, if only it was that simple. Uh, 49 seconds. 49 seconds. So to give you an idea, you're probably changing gear 20 times. In 49 you, you, seconds? It's, it's, it's a... Well, yeah. It's If you imagine accelerating in one of these high-performance cars, you're probably changing every second. So in that first 200 metres in lead foot, you would have already changed the gears five times. Well, then you go down three times into the next corner, for example. It's 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 a bit of work. And so what you have to do is minimise your body movement. The yeah. key is, if you can reduce the speed that your body is moving at, you'll be more efficient. If you're more efficient, you're going to be faster.
0: So you don't want to rush it, but you've got to be smooth. You don't want to miss your, Oh jeeps, but you don't want to be slow.
1: I, the best advice I could give to anyone wanting to drive better is to make sure that your seating position is 100% comfortable okay. and you can reach everything with your eyes closed so uh, make sure you know where everything is, so when your hand falls off the steering wheel it drops exactly on the gear stick where it is that your elbow or your forearm is moving forward and back in the perfect motion so you don't miss a gear, missing your gear is a race loss don't yeah. miss a gear, let alone a blown up engine or a wrecked gearbox don't miss a gear. Do all the fundamental things well without even driving the car. Make your handbrake beside your steering wheel. So you just reach from your steering wheel and pull across to handbrake, which is only six inches away from the steering wheel, oh, but on the same height. So there's no, st- there's no movement of your body. Minimize your movement. Genius.
0: You weren't the Stig, were you?
1: I've done some driving for people. I've done some uh, tutoring of race drivers. Um, oh. I was not the Stig but
0: I'd because that would have been what an exclusive of uh, drive alive if you confessed that you were. No, no. But I have done a bit of driver training, uh, oh. which is pretty
1: cool. Um, it's really interesting driving someone's Porsche and not crashing it. <laughs> um, <laughs> it, it is an interesting thing. I mean, hey, I, I'm certainly not the Stig I think there's a lot of better people probably suited to circuit driving than me. I'd, I, I, I don't know that I'd win uh, a Formula race. These guys are very, very, very precise. They could probably lap with a 0.1 or 0.2 second difference per lap. I'm probably more of a 0.4 guy. Um, Doesn't sound much. It's, it's a lot when you're racing every lap. That's a huge amount. But when it comes to something like Targa or a hill climb, I'm competitive.
0: I'd like to see Lewis in an estima. I'd like to see what he could do in an estima.
1: Uh, this is a great leveller. So we've, um, we've got Hayden Patton coming to town. So Ooh, are you familiar with his I've history? I've heard of him. Right, so winner of a World Rally, um, one of the World Rally uh, events that we've had. Certainly the premium New Zealand driver, uh, Ben Hunt and local Ben Hunt, is second in the New Zealand Rally Championship this year. Hayden Padden won. He's certainly got very good support from Hyundai He's coming to Nelson and racing at a Nelson Car Club event uh, late November.
0: Oh, when's that late November? Have we got a date yet? 21st
1: and 22nd, it's called The King of Kahatu. Nelson Car Club are running it, it's out Tapoeira. Um, that'll be a great opportunity oh, to yeah, yeah. go up against someone like him. Unfortunately, he's got a three people or four people have got very limited edition full race cars that weigh 320 kilos and they're 180 horsepower.
0: These World, ra- world Rally Car things? Yeah,
1: so they're called uh, cross carts. They're used against Rally Cross cars around the world. So Rally Cross is the premium session in the world, the one you're talking about, Tarsie yeah. or Gravel, that thing. Yeah, yeah. Normally 800 horsepower, 800 kilos. Rally Cross cars carts i should say they are 320 kilos 160 ish horsepower they're one second oh. slower than those other cars they are Jeez. very fast cars so hayden and one of those vehicles came second at leadfoot one second off the winner's time he's bringing oh. these cars to nelson so they're certainly going to win there's no doubt about it
0: and that's coming to kahatu park? that's coming
1: to kartu park 21st 22nd it's called the king of kahatu you can look it up oh, on the nelson yeah, car club yeah, website yeah. that's that'll be a good thing to see um I was hoping to have a new car to debut uh, at that event. I, it won't be happening. Uh, oh. Don't have the time. Oh. Um, I'll probably not drive an Esteem van, but I'll, I'll find something to drive. Uh, <laughs> and hey, you know, might get a top five finish or something.
0: So if we want to come and watch you in action, and um, Mr. Hayden, that would be quite something. Hayden's a peddler. He's very He's good at it. He's a peddler. He's a peddler, no a peddler. about that. Well, maybe, maybe MPT Fuels should get around sponsoring that or doing something. And that, that would be good. That would be good. Now, look, we, oh, we've only got 12 minutes left. We're going to need three shows for you. <laughs> I, what, one of the things you started talking about smooth driving and everything. So maybe the last part of the show on the sort of road safety aspects yeah. and stuff about how, because you've done racing driving, you know your tyres, you know you've seen what tyres can do. So, what about? What about road safety tips oh, and a huge for your amount. average um, driver or your driver who wants to get better?
1: Stay awake, that's always a good thing. Yes, yeah, true. Um, I think the biggest fault that I've observed having done a lot of driver training is that people tend to coast around corners. You're mm-hmm. driving too fast. So brake earlier, if you're turning to the right, go to the left hand side of the road probably as far as you can to the left hand side of the road don't coast around the corner in the middle of the road without really having your foot on the accelerator or the brake you're just coasting don't do that brake earlier brake smoother if you're turning to the right go well towards left hand line what that does is gives you the ability to observe a truck coming around the corner on the
0: wrong side of the road towards you right who might be cutting the corner might be cutting the corner not the truck drivers truck corners anybody can make a mistake but well not necessarily true
1: roading has made it difficult sometimes for truck drivers to stay on their side of the road. Yes, it's got better. Look at the Wonga Mars. Sometimes it's very hard for a very, very long truck, oh, that's true, a long truck to actually there, yeah. be on his side of the road. It's not his fault. He yeah. physically can't get his back wheel around the corner. He <laughs> can keep his wheel on his side of the road, but his nose may not
0: be. Wait, right, okay. So you've got to anticipate those sorts. Of so
1: if you're just one foot over the centre line, chances are you could hit him. Let's yeah. not do that. So what you do is you go into the corner further before you rotate the vehicle. You go into oh, okay. the corner more slowly. You rotate the corner later. Now, what that does is gives you a much bigger window of exit. If you're cutting the corner, you've effectively, to avoid something coming the other way that you may hit, got to take a 45-degree quick turn towards the bank.
0: Yeah, you don't want to do that, that in the long ago. If you've got Wanda
1: to do a 45-degree corner towards the bank, it sometimes can be a bit tricky to get out. Yeah, yeah. There was a local owner in a black Porsche who could possibly testify to this particular statement. Anyway. Um, <laughs> if he'd so, like to come on
0: the show and tell us about it, that would be great. <laughs>
1: Anyway, um, so what you do is you you stay as far away from the car that can potentially kill you, come in the other way for as long okay. as you can. Then you turn the corner when you have a clear view for as far, of you, as, far as you can and what's coming up. Then, by about the apex, you accelerate. Ah, it will okay. not cost you any more time. It will save you time. Well, you will be safer. You will lose less tyres and less brakes.
0: That's interesting because mr racing driver we'd, we'd we'd sort of think if we want to save time we want to go as close to the apex because we want to straighten no, the curve
1: very bad no don't do that don't do you're that not ever. a race driver when you're on long you're a road driver that's don't confuse very good the ideas. two that's the principles are the same but they are applied differently
0: Right, because we're on different conditions. The principles are the same, but
1: they're applied differently.
0: And you're saying about taking that smooth and slow into the corner. Very slow in.
1: Even normal drivers who consider themselves to be very safe, slow drivers will will have this behaviour. I've observed it many, many times. They will tend to cut very close to the white line, but they won't be on the accelerator, won't be on the brake. They'll sort of be pondering in the middle, and it just doesn't (laughs) work. You, you must be really on the brake or the accelerator, not both. Okay. Don't hang around in the middle. You're not being safe. You're dawdling along trying to, <laughs> trying to figure out what's going to happen next.
0: And not you might find out out of your control. Yes, yeah, so do so that.
1: So observation, observation, really, really key.
0: And if you're in a manual, not many manuals necessarily left, but what, what should you do coming up to a corner in a manual then?
1: Uh, if, if if it's a slow corner, obviously you're going to change down. It's going to be a lot easier for you to manoeuvre the way around the corner in a lower gear.
0: Before you've got into the corner?
1: Before you've got into the Before corner. You Although a little bit confusing, that whole story. There's a lot more to that. <laughs> um, the idea of using engine braking, for example, is an idea from many, many years oh, ago. Yeah, we yeah. shouldn't really do that too much. Our brakes are much better than our gearboxes and they're cheaper to replace. Good point. Gearbox, four or $5,000. Brakes, I don't know, one hundred and seventy or something.
0: Oh, I'm like that thinking. Let's
1: use our brakes, not our gearboxes, to slow down. By all means, it will give us more control at mid-corner. By all means, we can pull out of the corner better in a lower gear. It's a great thing to do. That's also good on the car, but let's not use the old-fashioned theory of changing down to second and hitting six thousand rpm because we think we're saving something. We are not. You are costing yourselves money.
0: Yeah, but it might sound
1: good. Yeah,
0: no, no, just no. 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 <laughs> let's not do that. This is from a racing driver. Friend. Don't this do this. This is that. from a very skilled racing, racing and road.
1: Driver. Totally different things. Some of the same rules apply.
0: Okay, smooth
1: applies. Observing as far ahead as you possibly can. Really applies using all of the things that you can see around you really applies if you're following a b train, for example, and you know there's a corner coming up because you know the road, uh-huh. sometimes you can see the headlights of the car in the side of the the b train truck uh-huh. don't try and pass uh-huh. there's a car coming sometimes you can see the headlights on the power lines,
0: oh uh, yeah, yeah, you
1: know there's a car coming,
0: yeah. don't pass, don't be silly, so patience and picking patience spots, observation uh, observation, yeah. look
1: at the conditions around you, observe. I, wrote, I did a video once on uh, wet road driving. There's so much you can observe, so much you can observe. Don't drive tired. If you're driving tired, you might as well go out and be drunk while you're driving. The consequences yeah. are the same. Yeah, under- Very tired drivers are as deficient as drunk drivers in terms of the accidents they are going to have. Yeah, it's significant.
0: Yeah, because there's always the sort of thing, well, I can push through it. I've got to get to Christchurch by 9 o'clock tonight. All you do is you know, stop for 20 minutes, no longer than 30, nap.
1: 20 to 30 minutes, have a nap, drive safe. Yeah. But don't keep driving when
0: you're tired. It's very yeah, bad. It's not very, yes. Now, that's interesting about the drunk, because the, the effect on the body is probably the same in terms of reactions and <laughs> Yeah, uh, certainly in the tests that they have done,
1: uh, that, is, that is true.
0: Okay, so there's some really... Good tip for road driving. So, any others in terms of that you think for road safety? Because uh, we talked about um, we talked about that cornering stuff. We talked about anticipating. We talked about observing lots of clues. Give yourself space. Give yourself you space. You must must have space. So, what do you mean by space? Then, well, what there's a couple
1: mean? of areas where it's really really important. Um, when you're passing a truck in the rain, for example. In fact, never follow anything really close behind. If a rock is going to go under the car in front and perhaps he's going to hit it, how can you possibly avoid it if you're two car lengths behind? Yeah,
0: yeah, you,
1: yeah. You, you have no choice. You're going to hit that rock. Yeah. Um, you can't see what's coming up. The driver in front of you may see the truck that's on side of the road, but on the wrong side of the road, but you won't. No. Now, hey, don't take this the wrong way. Truck drivers are very good. I'm using an example because they are big motor vehicles. Yeah, and Truck drivers and are generally a hell of a lot better than all the car drivers. I'm not criticising truck drivers. I'm using an example of what can happen. Yeah. Truck drivers are very good, very, very good. All I'm saying is when there is an unseen hazard, the closer you are to the car in front of you, the less visibility you can have of the hazards that are in front of the vehicle in front of you. Yeah. Back,
0: off. back off
1: if you think it's good to use the 2000-2001 rule don't use the 2000-2001-2002 and even more yep. because you need time to react it takes you as long to get your foot from the accelerator to the brake often as it does to stop it's crazy yep. depending on the speed you're going you need time to get your foot off the brake to get a foot off the accelerator and onto the brake then you need to rebalance the car because the car's in balance when it's accelerating, it's an imbalance when it's braking, but not when you're transitioning between the two. That's where we need to talk okay. about left foot braking. That's a
0: whole new story. Well, yeah, yeah, left foot braking. So the thing that. is,
1: give yourself space. When it comes to passing, don't pass halfway down the straight. Just get it over with. The way you get it over with is by being multiple car lengths back, accelerating slightly before you get to the straight, so you get that parking manoeuvre over as quickly as you can. It's called time exposed to danger. Least time on the other side of the road, safest. Not good taking half an hour to pass. Very bad. Put your foot down. Just pass the car. But if you allow yourself some time to speed up prior to the car, that's probably doing 80 k's. Speed up to the limit, 100 pass them efficiently. Yep. Don't pass them at 82 kilometres an hour. You're going to annoy all the other motorists and put yourself at danger for longer. Okay,
0: yeah. Don't stay on the other side of the road. It's a bad place to be. <laughs> and you've hung back so you've got yourself a good view of anything. You can that see anything so yeah, you yeah. can
1: make a decision early. If you've got a 50 metre gap to the car in front of you and you just happen to the make the mistake of speeding up and there's a vehicle coming the other way, you're not even going to be on the other side of the road. You're going to brake no, and nothing it. will happen. Yeah, if right. you've just decided to accelerate from 10 metres behind where you can't see anything and you have no visi- visibility, you are potentially pulling out directly into the path of danger and are about to die. Dying's yeah, not a good thing. No, that's not a good we thing. don't recommend that with driving.
0: Why don't they teach this stuff in the driving exam stuff? I know it's hard because you have to do it in urban stuff, and it's hard to okay, generate well they, those Okay, well, they're, not, they're not teaching you to drive,
1: I hate to tell you. They're teaching you to pass a licence. Pass a, a license. test, yeah. If yeah. you want to learn about driving, use something like the Institute of Advanced motorists. Motorists, They're great guys, really good guys, run by very professional drivers that are teaching you all these little tricks. Now I don't agree with everything they do, I've had some debates with them, (laughs) but they're very (laughs) capable people. For normal people, that is the best path to learning how to drive properly. Normal tutors are teaching you to get a licence. Defensive driving course, not so excited about that. Institute of Advanced Motorists are very capable professional drivers I would go to that it's only something like $60 and I think the course I think you're taking on 12 lessons over a year
0: so I think they're trying to get it going in the Nelson Tasman area they've got a couple of
1: people behind it Derek is one of the guys Derek is an amazing guy I've had Derek on the show very capable ex police driver he is really nice man very knowledgeable
0: yeah so take advantage of that knowledge take
1: advantage of that that. get your kids out deal with these guys they they want to be doing more things
0: yeah Um, Mm, that's cool Derek is great that's cool. So definitely do that. So that's some really rock solid tips and stuff there. And uh, yeah, so in the last minute that we now have, we talked about is there is there any one thing you'd like to get across in the last minute? But we'll have. I you think back you on should probably one. listen to the wine show on Sunday. That sounds <laughs> really
1: good. <laughs> Could I, that was where we started. Can't we go back to that? Right,
0: a, I don't know how to work the jingle. Oh I, my god. I goodness. don't know how to work the jingle. Hey, back, be safe. Be increase safe.
1: your following distances. Get your tyres checked. It doesn't cost you anything. Go to your whoever you use for tyres. Check them more often. Teach your children to buy, drive better. Allow yeah. them to go to motor racing events and perhaps get tutored by a Nelson Car Club person. Uh, learn oh, about they the do IAM. That?
0: Did they do that? The,
1: the they would love to see some young people along. Marlborough's doing the same. Get to know Derek at the Institute of Advanced Motorists. You know, get some more training. Basically, your skills are not going to improve unless you learn more. And that doesn't matter Whether you're 50 or 15, we all have things to learn. I am teaching myself to drive, would you believe, at the moment. You are? I am still teaching myself to drive. There's so much more I need to learn.
0: That's good to hear. I'm not that clever. And it's a real lifesaver and and a real enjoyment when you get it right. When you get it
1: right, you will feel amazing. It's like doing the ultimate dance move. You'll feel great.
0: (laughs) Yes. Mr. Travolta, indeed. No, that's <laughs> great. And it's fantastic to hear your passion, Adrian. So thank you very much um, for the time on the show. We have unfortunately run out of time, but I'm clearly going to have to get this man back again. Uh, we need to talk about road safety next time. The whole thing, The whole thing we? About, What's about road safety. With the road We toll. should, we all should do that. We should do that next time. Next time. So thank you very much, Adrian Curtis from Tires & Thank you very much to MPD Fuels for sponsoring us. And thank you all to listening to Drive Alive here on Fresh FM.